0: Pitch number two.
1: Let's go. There's something really exciting about product innovation. Taking something mundane or simple and totally reinventing it from the ground up. Today's founders have done just that, with ketchup. But here's the catch, up. These founders have not only reinvented your favorite sauces, I'm talking your hot sauces, your barbecue sauces, your ketchup. They also have an idea to reinvent how it gets on your plate. This could be a massive opportunity for investors, a kind of two innovations in one deal. But it could also make things messy, and a messy business could be a risky business. I'm Josh Muccio, and you're listening to The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch real investors for real money.
2: I'm Neil Salas-Griffin, Managing Director here at Techstar Chicago, and I'm happy to welcome you all to
3: my city.
0: I'm Elizabeth Yin, and I'm a General Partner at Hustle Fund.
3: I'm Phil Nadell. I'm the Managing Director of Forefront Venture Partners.
4: I'm Jillian Manes, Managing Partner of Structure Capital.
3: I'm Charles Hudson, Managing Partner of Precursor Ventures.
1: The pitch for Awesome Sauce is coming up after this. Oh, and by the way, If you ordered your sample pack of awesome sauces, now's the time to shake them up for the taste test. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The information provided on this show is not intended to be investment advice and should not be relied upon as such. The investors on today's episode are providing their opinions based on their own assessment of the business presented. Those opinions should not be considered professional investment advice. Hey. Hey. Excited to be here. Hey, Charles. How are you? Carl. Elizabeth. Two towering dad bros walk into the pitch room, fully adorned head to toe with company swag, which just so happens to be the longest aprons ever made.
4: God, what tiny little men you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, what, like 6'2", six 6'10"? Six yeah. six yeah. What are you? 6'10". 6'10". 6'11", over here. 6'11", <laughs> got it. All right.
5: My name is Paul Lehman, the taller co-founder of Awesome
6: Sauce. Uh-huh. And I'm Carl, the shorter co-founder of Awesome Sauce, <laughs> the world's first sustainable sauce company. Hmm. We're on a mission to change the way sauces are made, distributed, and consumed. We're coming after Heinz. So let me take you back
5: to the winter of 2020. I was the athletic director at Westtown school and I had a passion for barbecue spice rubs and sauces, and I was convinced and still I'm convinced that my sauces are better than your sauces. And I was ready to take that to market. So one day, one of my pain in the ass coaches over here, overhears me talking about my new sauce business and Carl being Carl, he wanted in and we knew right then and there that we were not going to join the same old sauce game. We were going to disrupt a $130 billion industry, but how? So we quickly got to the question, can you take the water out of sauce? Oh, hmm. And the answer is powder. Power. Our sauces come to you as a powder that you mix with water oh. to make all of the delicious sauces that you know and love. And that's how awesome
6: sauce was born. So in the summer of 2021, we incorporated. By November, we were accepted to Techstars, which got us into the Minnesota Twins Stadium. We took the next year to test e-com, retail, restaurants, really understanding our product feedback and where product market fit was. And what we landed on was food service, where for decades, the same boring sauces have been given away for free out of the same gross dispensers (laughs) <laughs> and there's little to no value given to the concessionaire. But we change that. With our sauce, we decrease plastic packaging. We have an innovative and customizable solution that at scale matches the cost of leading brands. So we're here raising $3 million to change the sauce game forever. Who wants to get lost in the sauce?
4: Okay. <laughs> we've got, we've
5: I'm going to put team. some fries on the
6: plate. So. Oh, please.
4: That's my vice pop-top chin fries. fries. Oh, I love fries. <laughs> yeah.
6: um, oh, perfect. So, so as you see this, you have ketchup, you have barbecue at the top, and then you have an Old Bay-style hot sauce. It's oh called goodness. our Chesapeake Fire.
2: The Hi. Chesapeake one's good. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really like the sauces. Thank uh, you very much. Which was your favorite? I Actually, I, I maybe the spicy one. The what Chesapeake do you call them? one. Chesapeake yeah.
6: Fire. So we got two votes for fire. That's where I'm living. I'm a Sweet Baby raised guy, and that barbecue sauce right there, I would take that any day.
2: I would, oh, too. That's too. It's way
0: better.
4: That's delicious. You hey, guys, okay. Thank you very much. What's, What's the sugar out? content yeah, okay. of these? Thank does the sugar, sugar content decrease because of this? No,
5: the nutritional facts are about one-to-one on okay. a traditional sauce. It was our priority to match sauces that the consumer was familiar with okay. and then sort of work backwards to a lower-sugar more Uh, healthy, organic mm -hmm. and kind of think about how can we now take a product that people have believe in and we've got sort of consumer trust to then. work So tell us
3: just a little bit more about the product. How do you reduce the uh, plastic? Like, how are you
6: delivering the product?
5: Yes. So good question. So uh, our packets are a tenth of the weight. So it's a 90%
6: reduction of plastic. And then our format decreases the weight. So it's decreasing 66% of Scope 3 emissions. So greenhouse gases associated to to traveling super heavy liquids. You're you're talking about food service
3: distribution, but your sauce requires a little more work for the food service employees, right? They've got to mix it.
6: Tell us about that. So what we want to do is we want to develop a machine that has a touchscreen that allows somebody to go up to it and they say, I want ketchup. They not only are offered just ketchup, but they have spicy ketchup, jalapeno ketchup, Jillian ketchup, anybody's ketchup. And then it's dispensed. That's where the customization and the innovation comes in. Then that wouldn't require any more work from the employees. Right, exactly. the machine is doing the work. And our, and our model would be to actually lease that machine to the either university or stadium.
1: And then have a service contract where we would okay. add the powders. Carl and Paul have the sauces down. But now they want to design a machine that's kind of like one of those Coke freestyle machines where you can customize what soda you get like a cherry, lime, vanilla Coke. But their machine would be for sauce, and their plan is to lease these machines to stadiums. They see that as the real opportunity here. But all this machine talk is confusing for the investors, who are not quite sure if Awesome Sauce is a sauce company or a fancy machine company.
3: Is your differentiation then, is your real focus on the sustainability to food service, or are you selling convenience or taste? Like
6: what's, what's the pitch to them? So the highest level is we're selling sustainability. That, that is why we exist as a company. However, with this product, taste has to be there. So our one-in-one is taste and sustainability. And so when we go into like the university and stadium model with food service, our three value propositions are ESG. So we're reducing emissions and we're reducing packaging innovative experience and then at the bottom end is cost so because of the relationship there are national contracts and so our goal and with our format we're able to hit costs really early and so our value props are esg innovative experience and cost it would seem to me that
3: their priorities would be flipped whereas cost would be number one over I mean, I'm sure more and more of them are ESG-focused now, but I would still imagine that cost is number one.
6: And I think the the interesting piece to to note there is we were in the Minnesota Twins Stadium, so we did this pilot. In 10 minutes, we sold a Philadelphia-based team, and he said that he would pay more because of the ESG. So a lot of these stadiums, because of their stakeholder agreements, have to meet certain requirements, and waste is a big one. And so for us, the waste management, and for them, Scope 3, which is the emissions associated to the products that they're moving, the transportation, that's their number one focus. So to be clear, part of these in the initial phase for us is to come in as a partner to the team. However, because they have a contract with the concessionaire, as we come in at cost parity, then now we have a relationship with a Delaware North or an OVG, and if we prove that to be really beneficial, now we partner just with OVG, who's in 40 of the 50 largest stadiums.
4: You have the Minnesota Twins? Is that? Oh, you have the just the stadium, the whole stadium.
6: We did a pilot with the
5: Minnesota Twins for the month of April. And how'd at, that go? Fantastic.
6: They asked us to stay in the stadium for the year, okay. which we were like, we're not ready.
5: <laughs> we can't do that. We, I mean, we, we just because straight,
0: you don't have the production levels, right? We didn't, so and we whatever. didn't have okay.
5: dispensers ready. I mean, okay. it, it was. It's just the two of us at this point in time. So, so, okay.
0: So talk about that. What does it take to get ready for their stadium? How many dispensers? It? Yeah, how many dispensers? How much cost? How much cost? Of the we got a lot of product? How much I'm taking them. I'm feeling them. <laughs> okay, go it. All right. So the
6: Minnesota Twins, compared to uh, an MLS team that we're gonna work with, they have let's say 40 dispensing stations. Where we were with the Twins is we we removed just ketchup, and we put in ketchup, barbecue, and fire. So these three. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. what was consumed was all three equally. Uh huh. So we proved that consumers do want the optionality of multiple flavors.
0: I just want to understand going back to this original question of how can you serve this first contract like what is the rough ballpark amount of cash that you need to be able to fulfill that fulfill yeah. it yeah
6: our costs right now what was it for the for our first run 15 grand it's about 15 grand to service the ballpark yeah uh,
0: and a that week covers right. the whole no. season or no. the whole that month that
6: covers We'd have to, we'd have to figure. We don't have like what that would have yielded in sauce.
3: It, it would have been uh, about three. I, I'm three... getting lost in the sauce here. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, Can you break yeah, it down like just on unit economics? Like, what is your margin on this? Do you know? So, Let so me... it costs twelve cents an ounce to make. Okay, that, that's that's where we are. The sauce costs
6: twelve cents an ounce. You're selling it to food service to for how much? Initial would. It depend. And Initially, we would come down to $0.08 cents an ounce to match the cost that they have. So we would eat $0.04 so, an ounce. So wait, you're, you're paying $0.12 cents and you're selling it for $0.08? That's right. Let me just think about this for a minute. <laughs> so, have- so $0.12 cents an ounce right. is where we are right now. With our co-man, when we get to 50,000 pounds of a powder, we're at $0.08 cents an ounce, which is what we would sell for. So we would at cost parity. And then we look to bring down from like volumes of vinegar... Bring down that to five and a half cents an ounce. What kind of volume
3: level do you need to be to get to five and a half cents? Over fifty thousand. And your thought would be, okay, we get it down to five and a half cents, and you're still going to sell it for eight cents. We would, yeah, yeah. Um,
6: Well, we try and sell for more. Do you think there's appetite for them to pay more? Yes, that's what they. That's what they said because of the ESG. Correct. Right
0: let's say that six stadiums approached you today and said hey we want to sign something
6: uh-huh.
0: time wise like, how quickly could you get that up and running
5: i think we could do it by the spring of 2023 and yeah. we would co- when what we would do is we'd come in with the manual dispensers that already exist yep. with the manufacturing partner that we have identified we uh-huh. would staff that and as well we would staff those stadiums on the front end so that the the concessionaire isn't taking on the manual labor of that yep and that's just to establish ourselves as a fantastic partner with a ton of value to add.
0: I guess where I'm going with this is I feel like it's often better to sort of do things piecewise to prove out pieces one part at a time yep. and de-risk pieces one part at a time. So mm-hmm. my thought is, you know, just get sauces in, in the people's <laughs> fries, dishes, right? Yep. Whatever it takes, manual, etc. maybe some existing machine that could do the purpose without anything crazy that is the next iteration correct and then yeah. from there replace out to the ideal machine yeah. i don't and know that's, if that's your plan that's, but that's,
5: that's, that's, what what that's we, the plan that's okay. what we've it took us the- a while as a group to get there
1: but that's exactly our plan all right i think carl paul and the investors are all on the same page but let's review they make sauce from powder they want to make a coke freestyle machine for sauce but that's way off in the future First, they just have to get their sauce into stadiums. And to do that, they plan to make a simpler machine, like a retrofit of an existing machine. All right, now we can move on. Here's Jillian.
4: Don't those concessionaires, don't they have exclusivity contracts with Heinz and some of the others?
6: Yes, not exclusive.
4: Well, they're They're only allowed to carry one ketchup, one type of mustard, one type of...
6: Right, however as we come in as a partner to the team then we would be a sauce partner like for the twins what what does that mean though
3: how can they We're get around the contract it. with
2: high because
6: then? they they don't serve it we would we would serve it
2: but you've been live for it you clearly you must have negotiated we have not, we have not had that experience yeah, so, so
6: because they don't sell sauces this isn't something where they're guaranteeing a certain amount of like revenue water,
2: like just like a like a water or like coke. a
6: water would say hey only sell our product or a beer would only sell this we're coming in as a sell. partner right. to the They're twins. That's
4: right. They're not
6: selling it. Statements spend about $100,000 a year on sauce that they give away for free. Yeah. With little to no value.
4: Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are more well points. So-
1: <laughs> Phew. Are you guys as ready for an ad break as I am? I'm not even sure what just happened. Let's take a moment, savor this pitch over some words from our sponsors. This episode of the pitch is brought to you exclusively by state farm we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and one thread that connects them all they're not just pitching their business they're pitching themselves because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company it's their whole life and state farm gets that state farm agents are small business owners too and they know what it takes they can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We're back in the pitch room turned tasting room, and the investors are a little lost in the sauce. There's machines, there's powders, there's exclusive, but maybe not so exclusive, contracts? It's a lot. And Charles wants to bring things back to the sauce. Like, the actual sauce i have kind of a different question please bring um it.
2: you don't see a lot of breakthrough sauce brands the last one i can think of is sir kensington's stop it
1: <laughs> 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 i'm just curious if
2: you have a sense of like
1: yeah
2: how are they able to be so successful on a relative basis in a category this isn't like software or some of the other categories where we see many many successful companies i mean that they're not the only one but that's one that's I th- I've been thinking about since listening to your story.
6: My, yeah, my, my, my short answer is there's just a lot of room. Like When you mm-hmm. think about the category in general, it's a $130 billion industry, mm-hmm. 60% of which goes toward food service, 40% of which goes through retail. Yep. And both of them are hard in general. Heinz yeah. is vertically integrated, so mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck on pricing, whereas Sir Kensington or a Primal Kitchen can mm-hmm. kind of come in and move a little bit based on what they're their marketing. It doesn't matter if our sauce ultimately is the sauce flowing through those machines. They can take their brand equity and pump that through the machine and it can be really exciting for the concessionaire or the university or the team. And so what we did is we pioneered something that our powder to pour technology yeah. is completely new.
2: Yeah. I actually have a powdered shampoo company in my portfolio. It's actually very difficult to make
6: and for it to powder, yield this way. To,
2: and to yield this consistent it's very difficult.
6: And so we are understate. We're trying to be as humble as possible, but it's really hard to do it, and we did it. Are and you the only a patent? ones? We are the only ones who have a process powder. patent on this. You're so the process, process patent. patent on this is the amount of water stays consistent, it's a third of a cup for every packet, and the yielded consistency is very different. But when we get into the machine side, nobody else is doing this at all, and so we can IP that, which builds that moat so much stronger. <laughs> Can we hone
0: in on uh, this point that Charles is yes. making? Uh, ketchup in particular, there are two brands, Heinz, Hunts. Heinz has the, you know, dominates, right? Mm-hmm. I am sure there are many people who have made ketchup over the years. Why is it that Heinz is so dominant?
6: They're vertical integrated. Is so it? It's just own, cost? It's just cost. They own the farms, but that also, that, that also pins them. So for them to change on pricing, they'll start to source in different ways.
0: But it also shows that everyone is so cost-conscious on their ketchup. So how do you compete with that when you are not vertically integrated yet?
6: I think there's two ways to answer the question. The first one is, do you really need to compete with ketchup? So when we think about sauce, it's across all. Like ketchup is a billion dollars, but so is mayo and so is barbecue. So you have to have ketchup. But I think where you win is soy-based barbecue, or we win on peanut Thai sauce, or we win on hot sauces where hot sauce is so popular.
0: So... I think what I'm getting at is because you made three sauces here for us, I don't actually know in the eyes of a buyer how they see you competing. Are you a ketchup and then, by the way, you get two extra sauces? Or are Mm -hmm. you a hot sauce or a barbecue sauce and some ketchup.
5: Actually ketchup's really interesting because it's the one thing that you have to match. I mean barbecue and hot sauce are the wild west and you can have a sweet barbecue or a vinegar barbecue or a a thick barbecue or not and so We can really sort of play around in those areas, and it's really interesting for us to match ketchup, which we we think we've done really well.
0: I I think your ketchup's very good. I I, I like it. Thank
5: you. And I guess what we've heard from concessionaires, in fact, they don't want to go sourcing their barbecue from them and the hot sauce from here and the ketchup from there. They're looking for a one-stop shop. And the fact that we can do that and as we think about two years down the road, bringing the machine to really make this an attractive user experience. And I don't know if we've mentioned this, but I think what we see is really our first step is universities and stadiums. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind that is that as we get eyes on the brand through those avenues, that pulls our D to C in a really meaningful way and is effective
6: in in ways that we aren't today.
0: Tell us a bit about your raise. I think initially you said you were raising 3 million.
6: 3 million total, 1 million of it would be financing, oh, okay, and okay. 2 million of equity.
0: And do you it. have terms already, or where are you in, in that race
6: So we have a convertible note with a 6.5 million dollar cap.
0: Is that pre or post?
6: That would be, we'd like to That would be great, but I mean, we're not going to say no to money. So, if it's a post, then
1: I'd rather drink tequila than not drink tequila. So,
2: So I'll start since um, we're in the family. Uh, I appreciate it. Techstars affiliate all day. Like, I got some connections for you guys and all that. Um, Personally, I'm out, though I've never realized how passionate I would be about sauce. Coming Mm -hmm. out of this, Um, and the only reason being is that you know, from a TechStar standpoint, I do pre-seed stage,
3: and uh, you guys are already you know beyond me. But I got a little piece through TechStar. What intrigues me about Awesome Sauce about you guys, number one, it seems like it'll make uh, the the work effort at the stadium level lower, and those who are focused on ESG are going to really like what you're doing. What concerns me is where you are on the machine and what it's going to take you to get to the volume levels to support the pricing in a, a profitable way. So it's early for me at this level to jump in. So I'm going to have to pass. I appreciate thank that. Thank you.
5: Thanks for that feedback.
3: We'll get there. I know you will. We'll get there.
0: What happens if you don't raise the $2 million?
6: They'll be eating a lot of hot sauce. Not one that we're not going to not raise it. We'll raise it. It's so hard to envision need, you maintaining. Need, you yeah. need to raise it. We need to raise yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're running out of the cash that we, we started with, and so it's hard to envision a path to really go out because what we're trying to go after is big. Mm-hmm. And we're like Phil said, we're in such an early stage right now that is it's critical. And I do appreciate the big vision that you have. And well, we're, try- we're trying to be as realistic as possible, but I d- it's massive.
0: I do understand that you're trying to go after something big, but let me just lay it out for you. Yeah. You are in going. a bear market. You have a food product, which there are fewer investors for. And the big vision, it's capital intensive. And I think if investors get scared by the hardware component, then it's like, well, what's left to invest on? You have a product that has limited traction And so my question is, if a bunch of investors sit out, is there a path where you can get more traction, even if you can't fulfill your machine dream quite yet, such that then you can bring in the capital when the market is slightly better next year and you have more traction, you're a better spot to raise that money for the machine? Or are you completely just sitting ducks, in which case the business is more or less over?
5: The vision that you had said early on of sort of step-wising the machine process and and your growth process is something that we can execute on with the cash we have right now and the product we have right now and so we can take that first step and that's kind of what I th- what I think you're asking can we take that first step even if we don't raise the full two mil and I think the answer is yes
6: but there's no reason not to go for it and then land where we do so that's why we're raising oh it right I'm now.
0: not saying you should not Try to raise we the just two million. Phasing. I'm I'm just saying like we I'm have, just asking you plan. what happens if mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Race we face. can't not
6: we're, we're dads. We got we got miles to feed, so it can't not work. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it work.
2: I think I'm out. I struggled with this one. I really wanted to say yes. I think the product's great. I just um we've done a couple of things in in food and it just it just ends up being hard relative I mean everything's hard. <laughs> the challenges in food I feel like in many cases there's less under your control Mm -hmm. with the road to distribution than there are in some other businesses that we work on where like the distribution challenges are hard, but they're largely like under your control. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think you guys are going to be successful. I think the product is great. This one was tough. I was hanging around for a while to see if I could get over the hump, but got all the (laughs) way to the top and couldn't get over. So ah,
0: I'm in the same boat as Charles. I, really love the product. I love how you have thought about this in, innovatively. I think just sort of in trying to understand the numbers and all, it's very capital intensive. And I think for somebody like me who doesn't bring a lot of dollars to the table, that's really hard. And it sounds like it. if you don't quite hit those numbers you want, it's going to be suboptimal. So I'm out.
3: Thank you. Julian,
4: I know, this I know. New's turn
3: it is. Okay,
4: I got that, Phil. Thank you. I'm out because I know nothing about this space. And by the way, I really appreciate the French fries and um, <laughs> all the sauces were just absolutely extraordinary. These were really, really good. Not one did I want to spit out. And if you know, <laughs> my children. Endorsement. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> Julian says, spit out. "There's not one I wish to spit out."
4: <laughs> no, no. But um okay. I wanna help if there's anything I can do, I want you to see because I do think you two are awesome.
2: Thank you very much. And I'll I'll have my team in Chicago get to work for you guys too. Yes. It's really kind yeah. of you we guys. We got a lot, a lot of a lot of connections we can make. Thank, thank you. Yeah. No, we've really appreciated appreciate this experience. It. This has been fun. You guys have been great. fantastic. Yeah. You guys are great. Thanks for having
5: Fantastic. We appreciate yeah. it.
0: Yeah.
3: Good input okay.
0: No I mean, likewise, I think there was just so many so many things to think about on this,
4: yeah, there's a lot of spinning plates here, there are a lot of unknowns. Yeah. The machine to me is definitely the biggest one. you know,
0: I-, I also wish they knew their numbers better yes that was a that was something that really got worry. me
3: i I think it's a hit or miss I wasn't really satisfied with the answer regarding the stadiums or the concessionaire's ability to go around their Heinz contours. Yeah, I'm
4: not sure about you know, that either, by the way. but it,
3: They didn't seem
2: 100% no,
4: but,
3: sure about
2: that.
4: No, but but Charles said. Very, I, mean, they, they did, I mean,
2: I guess they did, They already did it. They were live yeah. at the yeah, stadium. Yeah, but, so. but they
4: did it very small. Yeah, and so it was not meaningful month. for... But what happens when the concessionaire says, we want to do this in six arenas. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, you know, boxes, so much. I,
2: I think it's different. I mean, I mean again. I I think it's different for cost side. Uh, well, they're, they're still
4: paying Heinz the for argument, the product. The argument to
2: me like made sense, and I would think if you're uh, my experience with sports teams is you can't do little things without people reading every letter of the contract. Anyway. Yes. So even to have done a little thing, somebody did the work to figure out can we actually, and they're going to be at the Philadelphia Union for the whole season next year. Yeah.
4: Right. Why couldn't Heinz or any of the other ketchup companies say, you know what, we're going to have a powder form too?
0: There's well, no they... They're couldn't. pretty entrenched. They're pretty entrenched. I, I, they could, but I mean, but if they see what this they're and they doing say, is working, we want to get into sustainability. If you think it, we need
2: if you think about it, if you're Heinz, like what level would they have to sell before you even pay attention or care? Fifty million dollars worth of ketchup, a hundred million dollars worth of ketchup. Like for Heinz to divert, yeah. it's the classic big hey, company resource do, problem. Would it be
4: diversion or would it be a, a need to rebrand their company and say? Let's try this out. It's Do you not, you think Heinz is really that
1: us. forward thinking?
6: Am,
4: am yeah, I, I
0: don't think they care. Well, maybe not. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think they don't care because everything in their supply chain is so locked in for however many decades or whatever that
6: they're as long as the they're status, selling
1: ketchup,
2: the who That's, really they cares? Heinz yeah. is, is listening. Really Here's your
1: warning Heinz is sunsetting. They're, they're done.
4: They're well, maybe Heinz buys them. <laughs>
1: Mines is certainly sunsetting in my fridge. Not only do I actually like the product, but I really want this business to work. I just want to go to a baseball game, order some French fries, and pour a bunch of mango jalapeno ketchup on them. Is that so wrong? I followed up with Paul and Carl after the pitch you just heard. And as it turns out, a lot can change in just a couple months. What's your plan going forward? And how is that different from what we hear on the show?
6: Yeah, I don't know if Paul, Paul's getting excited. Uh, so high level, like when we both looked at each other and we were like, it's food service. Like that's still there. Moving from consumer to food service is it. I think when you look at food service, there's back of house and there's front of house. We're going to focus on back of house.
5: And Josh, if I may just build off, like what does back of house mean? So much of the sauces, when you go to a dining room or a restaurant or a university dining hall, there's a ton of sauces that are being made in the back of house with the chefs. Whether you're making the sauce of the day for the burgers or you're braising uh, chicken thighs or you're creating an aioli that is meant to go with your truffle fries. Like there's a thousand different ways that you create different sauces and marinades for the back of house. And they're all being, done with big, heavy jugs of sauce, 15 different ingredients. And so our sauces, they're a step saver, right? So instead of needing 15 ingredients, we say, hey, why don't you start with our powder, water? And if you want to, why don't you add this apple cider vinegar? Because it's gonna give that extra kick to make it yours. They're already mixing in big metal bowls. Uh They're already using immersion blenders. Like our product is actually, I mean, it took us a year and a half to figure this out but our product is made for back of house food service as an initial play for us to gain traction, trust, marketability. We
6: should should say since the pitch, we have three customers that we're actively working with already.
1: Oh, so people are already using this.
6: We're in conversations to get them to use it, but we have three like potential customers, yes. You're close. Yeah.
1: Telling me there's a chance.
6: So we're saying there's a chance. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you That's <asshole>. great. There, <laughs> this is the classic, let's go get some revenue first before we go after the pie in the sky, big picture, perfect version of this business, which includes the machine and- And the front of house
5: and, and you know, a brand behind yeah. it. And so all of that stays relevant and meaningful and will be part of our plan moving forward. But the first step, and, and we really believe this, the first step is to really capture the back of house and, and to build our business off of that that then allows for the growth into the other areas that we're super excited about.
1: Yeah, first step, make a bunch of sauce.
5: Make a bunch of sauce, baby.
1: Put it in people's plates, let them eat it with fries. You know what I noticed? I don't think we've said the word stadiums in this entire conversation when your whole pitch was all about stadiums.
6: That's an interesting thing that you've realized. <laughs> Tell me more.
5: We have realized over the past couple months that stadiums are not the play, not an initial play from a sauce dispensing and revenue driving channel.
1: Why is that? It's
6: huge for awareness. You get a ton of awareness, but we're looking at where are the places that are going through custom operations and we can, our sauce can provide a value there. And stadiums, like what's really exciting is when we get to front of house, Stadiums are absolutely- When there's
1: a machine, it makes tons of sense. But if you're just mixing sauces in the back, it, it makes no sense.
6: That's not the thing to sell. And so when we get to bringing front of house onto the table, then absolutely we design and build and have co-manufactured this sort yeah. of optionality machine that's super exciting and and okay. um,
1: yeah. Carl and Paul said they haven't raised any additional funding since the pitch. They're focused on nailing down their business plan before they go back out in Q2 to fundraise. This is what so many founders have had to do in this market. They can't just pitch their big idea on a napkin. Investors are asking for more, more customers, more revenue, and less risk. This forces founders to think less about the future and more about what opportunities lie right in front of them. But Carl and Paul see it differently. Their decision to pivot away from the machine dream is not really a response to the current market. For them, this pivot is more like a way of life. Like it's in their DNA as founders.
5: I mean, that that's how you learn, right? Is you put yourself out there in a way. We didn't have a perfect business when we started this business. We didn't have the perfect pitch when we came onto the pitch. And you, you kind of continually take this feedback and evolve and take this feedback and evolve. and so. If you're not meant to do that, then you shouldn't be in the startup game, right? And if you can put yourself in a place and have the mentality where you are gonna put yourself out there and your product out there and your business out there as much as possible, and you're genuinely gonna learn as much as you can learn from every opportunity, then you're gonna win the game. We may not get that investment during the broadcast, right? But we met incredible people You've been a massive supporter and introduced us to new people. It gave us a, a real opportunity to kind of hear firsthand where our gaps are, and then continue to evolve and improve. And so we're very comfortable in that stage. If it all had to be perfect before we went to the public, yeah. you, there would be no
1: businesses out there. And we would have no one on our show. And so. Exactly. <laughs> Paul and Carl are living la vida pivot. Since these founders are so open to pivoting, and I have the microphone, here's an idea. I think they should pivot back to the machine dream because that's how this business becomes defensible. And then Heinz goes from public enemy number one to potential acquirer number one, which could be a massive exit for them. And I think they can get there quickly by lining up deals with all the Sir Kensingtons of the world to put their sauces in awesome sauce dispensers. As soon as Carl and Paul start to get a handful of deals with bougie sauce companies, that's when investor checks will start rolling in. And then they can build the machine. But all that might just be the mango jalapeno ketchup talking. Hey, some big news. Applications are now open for our next recording event. It's this June in sunny San Diego, California. If you or someone you know is raising between $500,000 and $4 million for a startup, you can apply to pitch on our show. We like all different types of businesses, software, hardware, and consumer products. It's all game. As long as the founder has a massive vision and the skills to pull it off. Pre-revenue is fine, but you do need to have some version of a live product that investors can demo. For more info and to apply to Pitch, go to pitch.show slash apply and fill out the application. The Pitch is me, Josh Muccio, Lisa Muccio, Carrie Ann Thomas, Anna Ladd, and Enoch Kim. Special thanks to Kareem Maddox, Aldone and Eric Jorgensen for their help with this episode. Music in today's show is from The Muse Maker, Breakmaster Cylinder, Shaky Faces, 1939 Ensemble, Anders and our many stars. You can subscribe to our brand new newsletter, The Pitch Insider at pitch.show insider. And if that's not enough for you, you can become a Pitch Plus member You'll get ad-free listening to the entire catalog and occasional bonus content. Plus, it's a really good way to support the show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just go to pitch.show slash plus to learn more. The Pitch is made in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. Next week on The Pitch, will the investors see a blue ocean possibility or just a sea of red?
4: Are you aware that this is one of the most difficult spaces with the most failures? What makes you so special that you're going to make this work when so many others with hundreds of millions of dollars are unable to?
1: See you next Wednesday. The Pitch Inc. and their respective employees and affiliates do not provide investment advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided on this show should not be used as the basis for making investment decisions. Listeners should conduct their own research and consult with their own investment advisors before making any investment decisions. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.